Welcome to Life and Ball Podcast. We give your game life. We're going over the Michigan Michigan State basketball game as Michigan won 77-68. Another action in college basketball. I have to talk about my Kentucky Wildcats. I'll talk about Kentucky first, and then we'll dive into the Michigan State uh, Michigan stuff. And then I also want to kind of talk a little bit about Duke, North Carolina, and uh, how Duke again wins at the end. How many big moments does it seem like Duke has in these games or in big games, period. Just big shots. They have the game winner last night. They win 98-96 against North Carolina. Boy, North Carolina is just having an absolute nightmare of a basketball season. Roy Williams is pretty much ready for next year to start now. I mean, it's just been bad. I mean, the only way they get into the tournament this year is winning the conference tournament in the ACC. So that's, it's just incredible. I mean, I didn't expect that. I mean, I always remember watching the Michigan-North Carolina game and remember Michigan fans being so excited beating North Carolina. Well, that win means nothing now. North Carolina just can't get it figured out. So, again, Duke wins 98-96 in overtime. Huge win at the buzzer uh, in Chapel Hill. Uh, Kentucky, I want to talk about them real quick. I think that they have a really good opportunity to make a run this year in the tournament. They obviously were winners over Tennessee yesterday. They're at the top of the uh, conference uh, in the SEC with with LSU and Auburn. Boy, those are, I think LSU, Auburn, and Kentucky are really good teams. I think a lot of people aren't talking SEC basketball. I think those three teams could make some noise, um, especially Auburn. I still really like Auburn. But I really like Kentucky, and I want to talk about why. You know, looking at the stats, you know, stats only tell – a part of the story. You know, I'm, I'm going to mention a lot of that in the Michigan-Michigan State game. Stats are just a little bit of the story, but they're very important when you think of Kentucky basketball because of three guards and their statistics. And I'll talk about all of that right now. When you look at quickly Hagens and Maxie and you look at what they're averaging and you really think about just them as players, you see three guards who can all dribble past you. When you have three guys that can do that, this is some things in basketball just never change. When you have three guards who can all dribble, pass, and shoot, you are a very dynamic basketball team. Now, if you know if Nick Richards plays well, I mean, now you got four guys who are really, really good. So you got a lot to work with there. I don't know how great the depth is at Kentucky. I don't think it's very good, but I know when you have three or four guys that all are playing well at the same time, you can do big things in college basketball. You know, heck, you can do big things in NBA basketball. Foul trouble can slow things down, obviously, when you don't have great depth and then the game changes. But when you have three or four guys that play well, you can go far in the NCAA tournament and this team could get to the Final Four, period. And these three guys, though, Hagens, Quickly, Maxi, these are three guys who are all averaging kind of in the teens, 13, 14 points. I think one of them is averaging 12. They all shoot over 80% from the free throw line. You know, the last last night's game, I mean, they basically just they get fouled and they make every free throw. I mean, boy, wouldn't that be nice, you know, you Michigan fans, if you've seen that. How many times has Michigan missed free throws that were so crucial this year in games that have been close? I mean, it's been a nightmare. And, you know, those three guys, you now have three guys who can handle. See, this is what happens. All you need to do, if you're Kentucky, get to the end, be up by a few points, you get fouled, you make your free throws, you win. I mean, and it's that simple. It's something that's not talked about at all. And Kentucky slowly is just, you know, 18 and 5 at the top of their conference. Got three guys that can really play from the perimeter. And they're slowly going to get probably right back to where they were, Elite Eight, 
and they just need to play well and they can get to the Final Four. I really believe that. But it's an interesting thing that's not talked about a lot is when you have guys that are, that are playing the guard positions who can all handle the basketball, make plays for others and themselves, really at the end, though, they're, they're great free throw shooters. That's just big time. And, and I never hear guys talk about this stuff. You have to be at the line and thinking to yourself, if you're on the Kentucky side going, we've won the game. We've got three guys, just give them the ball. Now you can't concentrate on getting the ball out of one guy's hands. You've got to really worry about three guys now. Who do we foul? And those three guys are so fast and so good with the ball that you know they're going to have it at the end of the game all the time. So another part of it is, let's say they're down a few points. They're so good with the ball, they can get, get to where they want. And if they draw contact and get fouled, now it's another situation where they can hit free throws to tie the game or, or take the lead in a game. That, that's why it's something that I'm bringing up today is I'm finding it Interesting that no one really talks about this, number one. Number two, not a lot of people are saying much about this Kentucky team, which is surprising. This is a good basketball team. This is a really good basketball team, and I really like Hagens. I just think he's a great guard. I think Maxey has uh, had moments this year he struggled. But the other thing I want to end on with them is you, they three guards they play 30-plus minutes. That tells you a lot about how much trust Cal has in those guys, but it just tells you how – important they are as well and those three guys can lead this team to the final four i'm telling you right now i've seen it in basketball a lot where you have three players who can again dribble pass and shoot you've seen it a lot with michigan over the years when they've had guys like trey burke tim hardaway nick stauskas guys that can make plays off the dribble they can catch and shoot they can hit free throws that's how you win basketball games in this day and age because in this day and age, the big man is just not as prevalent. So you got to have great, great guard play. And we'll, we'll talk about the Michigan-Michigan State stuff here in a second. The last thing I'll say about Kentucky is that's great guard play. They have great guard play with those three, and they're going to go really, really far because of it, in my opinion. I think if today, if you had to ask me, can Kentucky get to the Final Four, I'd say yes. I'd say yes because of those three guys. So, you know, we'll find out a lot. I mean, there's a lot of parity. There's a lot of really, really good teams. But I just think if they get a good draw and they continue to play well at the end here, that could be a team to look out for. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State, look, I mean, I think that Michigan State has problems. Michigan has had problems. I think that it has to be noted that they're just a different team with Isaiah Livers. They, they truly are. He's another guy that can shoot, can hit shots. He's a veteran player. He's been around for three years. He does things on defensive uh, on the defensive side of the ball that is not noted enough. You know, he had a couple blocks. He can rebound. He's a guy who can guard multiple positions. He's not a great defender, but he's a very good defender, and he's a smart defender. He gives them a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things. Yesterday, he's guarding Malik Hall, and he's laying off Malik Hall and really protecting the paint with Cassius Winston. I thought they did a really good job defending Winston. I thought Eli Brooks played fantastic yesterday. He hit shots, and he really did a good job on Winston. I thought that was a great thing that Juwan did. Juwan's not been outstanding as a coach this year. I think he's still learning, but I thought that was a good move. Put Brooks on him, you know, pressure him a little bit. Julius was on him a lot. Let Simpson kind of hang out, guard other guys, and let Livers guard someone like Hall, and he can lay off, and he can really help. And I thought that game plan was, was very good for Michigan, and it definitely worked. I thought Michigan played harder than State. I thought they played tougher than State, which, let's just be honest, a Tom Izzo team Anyone playing tougher than them is, is a cause of concern. And really, they played smarter at times. Not all the times. I mean, there was some guard play that I thought was a little questionable.
questionable for Michigan, you know, the turnovers with the Julius a few times. Simpson's had some really weird turnovers this year where he's just basically just gave the ball to the other team. <laughs> I'm not sure why, but it's definitely happened. But I think all in all, they did play smarter. Michigan State had so many turnovers, Tom Izzo noted. I think the first five minutes of the game, they had six turnovers or something, and they had seven total. So that says a lot about, you know, how good Michigan played defensively and just how poor Michigan State played at the beginning of the game. I thought that was a huge part of the game. That was a huge reason Michigan won, but it wasn't the only reason. You know, Tom can say that. You know, he can say whatever he wants. He said a lot in his postgame, believe me, and we'll be noting that in a minute. And I'm sure we'll note it on Trouble with the Snap podcast later with Tyler Hayward. But really, it wasn't just the beginning. It was stretches during the whole game where Michigan just played a lot harder. And Tom Izzo mentioned fatigue. Look, if if you're tired right now, uh, you got to question a lot of things because Michigan's played the same amount of games. They've played a lot of games, too, and they didn't look as tired. So I guess you can question strength and conditioning. You can question a lot of things. Uh, they have more depth than Michigan, so I'm not quite sure why fatigue was the answer. And a lot of excuses for Michigan State after the game, which is standard. I mean, we should expect that from Michigan State. This is an excuse-driven uh, athletic program. There's always an excuse after losses, and there's always a front-runner attitude. That's just who they are, and they'll always be that way. Uh, you, know, you know, that's a shot at Michigan State, but I don't care. I mean, they've been that way forever. When they're winning, it's all great. When they're losing, they're full of excuses. That's just how they operate. I thought Tom Izzo's postgame was laughable. You know, I mean, they asked him a question about, you know, is Michigan different with Isaiah Livers? And the first thing he had to mention was, well, yeah, I'm sure we'd be different with Joshua Lankford. Okay, I mean, here's the deal. The question wasn't about your team. The question was about Michigan. And the answer to that question should be absolutely. Michigan is a better team with Isaiah Livers. Absolutely no question. That has nothing to do with us. Hey, we've beat them in the past. We've beat them when they've had livers. We just haven't been playing well. You know, that at some point you have to man up and tell the truth. The truth is Michigan State's not playing well right now. They haven't probably the last five games. They just uh, they don't start games off well. When Cassius Winston doesn't play great at times, they look really bad. Uh, they're missing easy layups. They're turning the basketball over and stretches multiple times. Uh, now they're getting outworked sometimes. That's a problem. That's a problem, and that's the main thing. Has nothing to do with who's hurt, who's not playing, because they've not had Joshua Langford for a while now. Hey, they didn't have him last year and they played pretty good. What's the excuse? There isn't one. There's no excuse that's valid. And it's it's laughable. It's laughable to me that, that the excuses that they have made for the losses. But that's a program that will do well still. Tom will get them ready. As much as I don't enjoy Tom Izzo, I I do respect that every year he seems to get them rolling at the right time. Uh, but this year, there's a lot of question marks. At this point, you're getting in February now, heading towards March. They're going to have to play really good basketball, and they have tough opponents. When you've got Maryland and Illinois coming up, this could be a situation where a make or break for Michigan State basketball. If they play well, a lot of people should feel confident in them going into the tournament. If they don't play well, they're, they're deserves, they deserve all the question marks. They just truly do. Uh, this is a team now with uh, eight losses. You know, one loss less than Michigan, and uh, you're 16 and eight. Michigan is 14 and nine. <laughs> a lot of problems there for both teams. You know, Michigan has to get on a run too. They got a favorable schedule in a way um, where they could really run out three, four wins in a row. Now we're not talking about bubble. We're talking okay. They're going to make it. They're going to get in the tournament. They're playing better. Livers is playing. This could be a team that gets to the Sweet 16. So a lot of things there. We're going to cover it on Trouble with the Snap podcast. This was just a short piece. But uh, again, Michigan wins 77-69. Big win for them at home. 
uh, you know, give some confidence to that program and that team for sure. And uh, we'll see what happens. Again, thanks for tuning in, Life of Ball Podcast. We give your game life. We'll get back rolling this week tomorrow at noon.